0: They want to be able to go to their supplier, be able to design, source, understand and pay for their products online. And if you are able to provide that as a uh, printer, you will, it will help you so much.
1: Hello, I'm Joe Lloyd and thanks for joining us today for the latest in our In Conversation series of podcasts created as part of Canon's Ascent programme. These podcasts feature a selection of guests, all with perspective and insight that we think will be valuable to our listeners in the print and creative industries. And joining me today is Brendan Perring, General Manager at the IPIA, a UK based trade association focused on helping its members grow and to develop their businesses. Hello, Brendan. Hi, Joe. Thanks so much for being with us, Brendan. I'm really looking forward to our chat today. So to start, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you came to join the IPIA?
0: Yeah, so I've had quite a strange path uh, into print, as I think most people have. Um, Hmm. I fell into it. I uh, started off uh, really at the Edinburgh University student newspaper um, as a photographer on that, uh, because before that, my dream really was to become a uh, photographer. Uh, Obviously, when the market fell out of that with a digital camera boom i decided to try and turn my skills elsewhere so start being a staff photographer for the student newspaper and then as you do on the student newspapers you get involved with everything uh layup design writing um so i really moved over towards publishing and also uh, journalism i got picked up by the sunday times of scotland After I graduated, after doing a lot of experience with different newspapers in Scotland around Edinburgh, um, and I was in their investigative journalism division for uh, a rather scary eight months uh, until unfortunately the credit crunch uh, saw the investigative division close down. And uh, I really just asked the the editor in chief, What should I do now? And he advised I go and do a degree uh, in uh, multimedia journalism. So I went and did that at Cardiff University. And found out all about the wonderful world of business-to-business publishing and journalism. So, started applying for roles there. And the first one that I got was uh, to be the editor of Sign Link magazine, as well as Print Monthly magazine at Link Publishing in Bristol. So, that is how I got into the print industry. And I was the editor of those two magazines, and then also one of the founders uh, and developers of The Print Show uh, in the UK um, in 2015. And I stayed with them until uh, 2018, the end of 2018, uh, before moving over to the IPIA, the Independent Print Industries Association, who were our biggest customer at the time. Um, Just wanted to try something new, and uh, I am now their, their general manager for my SINs.
1: Lovely, thanks, Brendan. I bet you could tell me some funny stories about your time on the newspaper. <laughs> but thinking about the IPIA and trade bodies in general, what do members get out of being involved with these sorts of membership organisations?
0: So, I think the real value in trade association comes um, in several different forms, and at least at the IPA, we see it made up of three sort of. Uh, um, Key cornerstones. Mm -hmm. The first one of those is that a lot of SME businesses really struggle to promote themselves or have a voice. Um, Maybe they don't have the capacity or the resources to have a full time marketing person. Um, And so, what we do for a lot of our members is we are an extra voice for them. So, whether it is through our IPA News Hub or our social media feeds or our quarterly magazine that goes out to a comprehensive database of the commercial print industry supply chain. All members, just as part of their membership fee, have access to that, uh, and any of them can have promotion for their products and services. Um, they can literally just call the executive team and say, hey, I've got this interesting new thing I've developed, and we'll help them build a little story and get some pictures done on it uh, and really help them promote that. So that that's one key way is promoting our members. Uh, secondly is obviously trying to get our members' um, overheads down as low as possible, so we negotiate with um, really high level service providers uh, very reputable service providers that we have vetted uh, in all the fields necessary uh, to run a business so hr tax finance um, logistics you name it there is a benefit that covers it video filming marketing website design, and so on and um so what that means is, is that if an IPA member uses all of those benefits, um, credit checking is another very heavily used one, a small debt collection service, then they can really get their overall um, cost base down over the course of a year whilst having very, very high level of reputable service given to them um, that they know won't let them down and will be there whenever they need that support. So it really is an umbrella that opens when it rains. Um, uh-huh. The final key tier is um, a supply of new business leads. And we do that through all the events that we run throughout the year, um, a lot of which are focused on networking. So um, generally in the spring, we have a networking lunch that brings together about 100 or so businesses um, from across the supply chain. Then um, in the autumn, we generally have a big conference. Uh, this year, it's Print in Balance, happening on September 1st at the MTC in Coventry. Um That's focused on helping educate businesses in our supply chain about huge shifts in sustainability legislation that are coming, how they can get ahead of those trends, and also the theme being Print in Balance, also about how they can improve the well-being, productivity, and happiness of their team. So uh, that's and it's a big part of networking. There's an expo at that event. And then finally, at the end of the year, we have our really big networking lunch, expo, um, annual general meeting, and gala dinner and awards evening, and that'll be on December first at, at uh, the uh, the Crown Plaza in Stratford upon Avon. So each one of those events is designed to bring together um, buyers and suppliers from across the supply chain, so that you can meet new customers new contacts and gen- generate new business because I really genuinely believe in the, uh, in the phrase that people do buy from people. I've seen it myself. If you can get people together. And then finally, um, we also have a digital online networking event called the IPA Big Breakfast that runs once a month. Um, there's a short break for summer and that brings together online on a fantastic virtual net pla- networking platform called Remo um, for free. Anyone in the print industry who wants to come together um, on a Wednesday morning, it runs from 8 thirty in the morning till ten o'clock. Uh, there's a nine, uh, at nine o'clock, there's generally a ten minute uh, inspirational speaking session called Freshly Juiced. Um, and again, it's just a way to stimulate economic activity in our industry. So for us as well, um, we do a lot of work to um, campaign for the print industry, to advocate for the print industry. We have very strong connections uh, with government. Uh, We're part of uh, the Department for Business, Energy, Industrial Strategies working group. Um, And uh, we have a weekly meeting with BASE to feed back to them all the trends and everything that's going on from our industry, um, assist them with with shaping policy that will affect our industry. uh, And also where any sort of government legislation comes through that we think will adversely impact the print industry, we can advocate very strongly and actually get that legislation amended or changed in order that it doesn't damage our sector. And we have a great working relationship with them. So overall, um, I think uh, that that is the the purpose of trade associations is supporting their membership, creating a very reliable um, trusted community, um, and generally just making sure that members are better off commercially uh, and for the long future, uh, long term, being part of a trade association than not, whilst also making sure that the industry as a whole grows Um, through all the work that we do um, outside of that. So yeah, I think that uh, that's it in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think sometimes people have a tendency to think, oh, I won't get anything out of membership. It's better to save my money. But there is a huge value to be gained for any size business. Yeah, It brings me in mind to a phrase I heard once, and that was decisions are made by those who show up.
0: (laughs) Yes, of course. Look, I totally agree Um, And I see that time and time again, when I'm on the floor at our networking events, um, when I'm out at other people's events, what you see is that when buyers and suppliers within a supply chain come together, share ideas, share pain points, have conversations, they can find, and it's often serendipitous, you know, but they're talking and suddenly a spark happens. And what comes out of that is a new business relationship. And you suddenly have someone who didn't – has found a new way of generating revenue um, simply because the person they were talking to didn't know that there was a solution to their problem. Now they do. They're in a trusted environment with a fellow member, and it really is about showing up. Yeah, They've decided to come out to that event. They've participated They've made the use of that member benefit and they really do get a lot back from that as a result, you know, Um, generate it. And it's so much our industry is based on word of mouth. If you can just grow your business network and continue to work on that and remember that you have to think not just now, where is the next job coming from, but where are the next 10 jobs coming from? Where is the job coming from in a year's time or 18 months time? You have to continuously be seeding that ground and we try to create environments where you can do that.
1: Now I know you've got one initiative currently running that's very close to my heart, and in fact I worked on it with you. <laughs> that's the value of learning and development within a business. Yeah. So tell me, where did the idea for developing this sort of training framework come from?
0: Yes, indeed. So our training and development framework is called uh, Powered by People. And we were we were supported. Thank you so much, Joe, by Cotman Dean Training, um, who Joe works with, uh, is uh, is um, uh, the founder of, and. Um it, the spark from it really came, and it's it's how a lot of our ideas are generated from our membership. So uh, the IPA is made up of a number of different subcommittees, and one of those is the Training and Education Subcommittee. It proposed that we have a focus group roundtable meeting, which happened during COVID, to discuss with um, printers specifically. Um, and we had a number of different print service providers, all the way from small niche um, printers all the way up to very, very large trade print houses who do everything under the sun. And what really strongly came back from that focus group meeting was not necessarily that there was a need um, to source specific training for sales or HR or negotiation or how to operate a press or a guillotine or or whatever. That That's all provided for in the industry. But what they found that there was a big gap was in once that training has taken place within a business, there is a huge wastage of time, energy and effort because so much of that training doesn't get implemented or if it is implemented to start with, it falls by the wayside. Um, They also felt that there was a, from the focus group, that there was a big gap in terms of um, spotting and helping develop talent Um, from MDs, especially in the larger organizations. They often felt that the first time that um, they were meeting someone who they hadn't suddenly felt had huge potential was at their leaving meeting, um, and they only wished they'd known beforehand um, how much better that was, and how much you know how much potential that person had. So, out of these conversations, we then went back um, to the subcommittee with the findings from that focus group meeting, and what came out of it was the desire to build a framework uh, powered by people, in which a business um, is given all of the rail tracks that they need. To ensure that the spend and the investment and the time that they're putting into training their teams is really, really um, gives them a return on investment. Um, so that the framework uh, covers a huge detail and variety of different areas um, that can mean that MDs, decision makers, HR professionals within those businesses, just by being an IPA member, have free access to this system powered by people, so that they can get the very best out of their teams, ensure that training is being implemented, improve their overall productivity, mm-hmm. spot talent. I mean, also another key thing that came back from the focus group meeting was that if a team member is struggling with the training or has potential but is um, showing that they're struggling with something within the business, that confidentially that can also, you know, they, they have a route to feed back to upper management about those issues and implementing that as well so that the MD can helpfully turn around a situation and, and really ensure that that um, member of staff with a lot of potential can have their issues or the, the problems that maybe they're experiencing solve for them. Um, they can go on further training or development to help fix those things and then really ensure that that member of staff is retained and increases their productivity at the same time. Yeah. So, so overall, um, I'm really excited about this scheme. Um, it's due to be launched shortly to our whole membership. Uh, It's now gone through its uh, testing phase, and we've had the feedback from that. So, um, yeah, the uh, the sky's the limit, really. So it sounds like you've had good
1: feedback on the whole so far.
0: Yes, we've been very, very heartened um, by the response from members so far. Um, Just to give you one example, uh, Spectrum Print and Plastics, um, uh, Kath Doran, who runs that business, um, they were experiencing this exact problem. They have a great variety of different products and services they provide, um, they have a reputation for always being able to say yes, even to very difficult um, individual print projects. And so, as a result of that, this their team is very highly skilled and also got very broad skill base. Um, so, training and development is a big part of her business. And she also identified that you know a lot of it she felt you know there was there wasn't a system in place for her or that they could hope to really you know invest in quickly that could give her the tools as the MD um, to ensure that. All of this training and development is going is being used effectively. So she was a pilot for the training uh, the, for the Powered by People uh, framework. She certainly enjoyed it. We've got a huge amount of positive feedback from her. Um, you know, made some tweaks off the back of her feedback. Um, so yeah, it's all ready to launch now. So
1: training framework completed and ready to launch. What's next?
0: So what's really important for the IPA and as um, a major priority of ours is a realization that we also need to grow the, the print overall print volumes um, coming into print businesses in this country. And the way that we can do that is through the education um, and the uh, enlightenment of potential print buyers. So that's marketeers, brand managers, procurement officers, designers, um, small business owners, large business owners, Anyone who's involved in designing communication or marketing collateral um, and ensuring that they fully understand the power and impact of using print as a channel to market. Yeah. Um, because print, ink on paper, is not the product, and never has been the product. The product has always just been facilitating the communication or the message um, for uh, an end user. Uh, it's just print is the channel through it is a channel through which you can do that, and it's a very effective one. In many, many ways. Uh, I obviously don't need to educate our listeners about that, but we do need to educate their customers about this because as an industry overall, there's been a few decent attempts at it and um, pockets of uh, of projects where um, there has been push and movement to educate the end users. Um, but nothing that's been really sustained over a long period. So what we at the IPA are doing is we've actually uh, built a very significant research project uh, called Creating New Narratives for Print. And we have partnered with a a very sizable research company called Modano to do that. And what it really looks uh, to understand is what are people saying about our industry, about the media and communications landscape, What are their perceptions of print? What are their perceptions of other channels of communication and marketing? Once we then have a full and proper understanding of how do all potential print buyers think and talk and engage with all of these different platforms, we then have a a sort of barn door to shoot at, um, if you see my meaning. We can then also, with Madonna, identify who is shaping that opinion, which magazines, which publications, which online um, uh, publications, what influences, what speakers are actually shaping opinion about using uh, communication and marketing tools and channels. And then we can develop a strategy to communicate with those influencers, to educate them about our industry, and really go to the source and make a significant amount of change about the perception of print and how effective it is as a channel to market. If we can do that, we genuinely believe we can increase the overall print volumes bought for the print industry and improve our lot as a whole. So uh, at the moment, that, uh, that whole project is, is ready to go. Uh, we're just in the funding phase of that now and looking for partners um, or the, the remaining partners to come on board with us to fund that and move it forward. And, you know, we're really excited for the future because it is fundamental that trade associations and organizations within our sector that are charged with looking after the long term future and health of our sector go beyond self-interest and go beyond just looking after their membership. We have to do more to really, really ensure the long-term health and well-being of our sector.
1: That sounds fantastic. It really does. And I think you're right. There's a, a responsibility to grow the industry as a whole. And if we can do that, then as individuals and as companies, we can all be more successful. So thinking in other ways of supporting the industry and talking here about something like government lobbying, how effective can an industry body be on our behalf? And have you got any notable successes that come to mind?
0: So yeah, I mean, in terms of government lobbying, um, do you know what? I, I don't think lobbying is is quite the right word. I would say engagement maybe is a better word because um, there's no doubt before COVID hit and all of the disruption that it caused, um, they really felt that there was a bit of a, a wall up with being able to communicate effectively um, with government and specifically the department that is responsible for our sector, which is the uh, Department for Business, Energy, and Industrial Strategy. But um, shortly before COVID, uh, we did manage to engage with and meet the senior civil servants engaged in that department. Um, And then when COVID hit, just with how fast they needed detailed data and information on what was going on in the ground, um, we formed a very, very close working relationship um, with BASE and the civil servants there. Um, and really it's now uh, become a case where we have weekly meetings with them and we get fed and talk to about all sorts of different government policy that will affect um, manufacturing and industry not just our sector and ask for feedback about how this will affect print how this legislation could be tweaked to be more effective uh, for print and not just print but other sectors as well and in terms of that effectiveness um, you know it's all I can say is that, um, for instance, whether it was the, the furlough schemes or CBILS loans, we were being given um, first-hand access to how that's, those schemes were being developed before they were launched. We were being asked for our opinion on how they would affect our sector. Um, and just to give you one example, um, we were we worked very hard and gave them a lot of detail and understanding. They did a lot of interviews with IPA members about the flex, adding flexibility to the furlough scheme and making it so that you could uh, take employees in and out of the furlough scheme um, in order for them to be able to uh, be in the business one week when their services were needed, and then be on furlough another week um, when perhaps a job wasn't coming in that they weren't needed for. And that was absolutely fundamental to the furlough scheme being really effective as a support mechanism for the print industry, and we were a big part of helping to shape that. Um, so, you know, I feel as an, as an association, we're very proud of the work that we did around that. Um that and a lot of different issues and policies uh, that came up. Um, we've been particularly successful recently um, in partnership as well with the Graphic Print Media Alliance and all the associations that are involved in that. Um, with tackling a recent piece of legislation that came through um, in regards to a substance called GBL. This is a solvent that's contained in the majority of solvent inkjet inks that are used in, for example, wide format printing solutions. Um and it, what it meant was this legislation, um, if you used or had any sort of ink cartridge on your premises, you would need a very, very onerous license, um, which was thousands of pounds, huge amounts of investment in security, um, CCV cameras, um, every single member of staff would have to have been um, CV- uh, checked and have all their background checks done. Um, and also the time frame in which that had to be delivered was minuscule they they wanted our entire industry to comply within six months so this would have meant thousands of businesses either having facing a choice of breaking the law and literally becoming criminals overnight or ignore you know or continuing or to close down their business because so many of them rely on this as a revenue stream and it would literally have been shut off for them so We got together a group of industry representatives. We lobbied Bayes incredibly hard. They responded very quickly. We had a meeting with the Home Office after that. We gave the Home Office all of the facts and figures from the coalface of our sector. They saw good reason and the legislation was repealed and is now being put back into place with the necessary caveats and exemptions to protect our industry from uh, undue um, stress and undue disruption. We were incredibly supportive of the overall means of the legislation, which is to protect people against the terrible scourge of uh, drugs such as GBH, which is used in date rape. Um, The legislation itself is incredibly laudable, but because it hadn't been thought through properly, it was going to severely damage um, our sector unnecessarily. Now that legislation can come through and have the effect of controlling this terrible substance without damaging our industry. So I think that's another example of a, a kind of key success.
1: Do you know, I had heard of that legislation, but I had no idea that you guys had been so involved ah. um, in repealing it. So a big thank you for me, because that really is quite a big deal for for printing companies. Coming to towards an end now, can I ask one more question, Brendan? Uh-huh. If you were to give one piece of advice to any printing company listening to this podcast today, what would it be?
0: Ooh, okay. One piece of advice. Um I think that would have to be e-commerce without a, without a doubt. There are so many print businesses that we know within our membership, um, within our wider network, who have a fantastic set of products and services. Um, they also have an incredible set of niche products and services that they have um, demand for from, say, a regional client base, but no one else knows about them. And the reality is that consumers' behavior has changed fundamentally, and that's only accelerated over the pandemic. So many more people now do shopping online, whether it's for their groceries or their clothes or um, you know, a paddling pool for their kids out the back. It's just become so much more of the norm in terms of shopping online, and that has bled into the business world as well. They want to be able to go to their supplier, be able to design, source, understand and pay for their products online. And if you are able to provide that as a uh, printer, you will. it will help you so much in terms of revenue growth, um, building relationships with your customers, making it easy for them to procure your services. Um, and a lot of printers have started to get on board with that. And there's a perception, I think, that it's incredibly difficult to get into this area. But if they go and talk to any of their, um, their uh, OEM providers, uh, the people that provide them with their presses, they will be able to support and help them with their journey in stepping into the world of e-commerce and online selling. And if, they do, if there's just one thing that they do tomorrow, it's go and do research into how they can set themselves up properly, professionally, and simply to be able to interact and have their customers buy from them online.
1: Great point, Brendan. E-commerce is very timely and essential, I think, for businesses moving forwards. You're right on point with that. Thank you again. I really appreciate you being with us today. Your time and your input is really valuable, so thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Joe. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, also a big thank you to Canon for inviting me onto this uh, podcast and for their incredible support of the IPA. They are a great member of ours and they do a lot. They're also a corporate sponsor and they do a huge amount to not only support the IPA, but also support the wider print industry. So uh, a big pat on the back to them.
1: And thank you too to our listeners. I really hope you found value in what you've heard and that you'll check out the other podcasts in the series. Plus, the Canon Ascent programme has a wealth of other content, articles, tools, and top tips, all designed to help support your future business development. If you're interested in finding out more, click the link on the podcast page, search Canon Ascent programme, or speak to your Canon account manager. See you next time.